From Dallas, Texas, it's Zola Levitt Live, featuring tonight Zola's teaching on the Abrahamic Covenant, the promise of God. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am Jeffrey Seif. And you just saw some footage from way wow. back. That was really fun. It was some bass playing and funky music. Yesteryear. Black and white. Yeah, that was, that was a little while ago, wasn't it? We were all teenagers back then, right? <laughs> yes. A long time ago, yes, 40 yes, years yes. ago. Wow. Well, we're going to take a trip down memory lane today, huh? You weren't there when Zola started, were you? You weren't in the black and white days. No, no, no. But I came in, you know, in the next season. And it started in the 80s. I mean, yeah. my gosh, that's 40 some years ago. Most television programs don't last four seasons, never mind 40 years. And it lasts because people have gotten behind us through all time and circumstance, and you know, because they like to see the good news through the eyes of the Jews. They appreciated the messengers, but particularly the message. And that, as has been since the beginning, so it will be in the future as long as we air. And we've been a weekly program. Ken Berg, our producer, Ken Berg, has been doing this weekly since, I believe, 1983, early 80s. Yeah, again, he's, he, he really is uh, uh, in so many ways. I mean, the Lord's the wind behind the sails, but he's been the sail that the wind is kind of, they catch the wind to kind of move it forward. It's hard to, you know, overstate Ken's contribution. I don't think he even had a chance back in the day to see that we can watch this program on our phones now. My, how times have changed. Yeah. But the mission is still the same. Yes. Correct? Yes. As we will talk about times changing, I want to jump back a little bit and you can see some of the history of what started out as Zola Levitt Live, which became Zola Levitt Presents. Let's take a uh, look to the past right now. Naturally, I'm concerned about Israel. The Middle East is a powder keg, and my homeland is in the middle of it. In Israel, the Wailing Wall serves as the place for the Jew to pour out his spirit. In fulfillment to prophecy, the Jews are once again able to pray together as a nation. Scattered about the world by wars and political unrest, they've become a modern-day miracle, proudly returning in hope of peace. Our little country has had enough war. We've suffered terribly. Our people have suffered. All we want is peace. When the Antichrist reveals himself to the world, it will be the nation of Israel that needs him most. The prophets tell us that he'll make a peace treaty with Israel, guaranteeing peace throughout the land. No nation will want to make war with him. Well, there's the bedside table of a bride of ancient Israel. She would have had her veil and her oil lamp ready to leave at midnight when the thief in the night came for her, her bridegroom. Uh, we're going to talk tonight about the Feast of Trumpets, and that feast, of course, is when the king will come for his bride, the church. And we've been doing a series of the seven feasts of Israel. We're up to trumpets now. We've done uh, Passover and unleavened bread, first fruits and Pentecost, and so tonight is trumpets. 
And of course, the trumpet of the Bible is the ram's horn. That's what I have here is the horn of a ram. And this was blown like a trumpet, and it sounds like a trumpet when blown by uh, somebody that can do it. Today, the principal battle against Israel is not the battle of bullets or even the battle of bombs, although we have plenty of those being launched against us. The principal method applied by the enemies of the Jewish people and of Zionism and of the Jewish state is slander and is lies. That's what they do. Yes. They've conducted a terrific campaign to reverse, to stand things on their head. It is not the Arabs who attacked the Jews, but the Jews who attacked the Arabs. It is not uh, they who attacked us from Judea and Samaria, and we who defended ourselves and gained uh, re-entry into these territories as a process, but we who sought out to attack them in the first place. Well, our location is Caesarea on the Mediterranean coast of Israel, where a number of civilizations established a, a place to, uh, for a harbor, a city, a trading post, and uh, finally uh, castles like the one behind me, uh, fortified by the Crusaders for their adventures uh, here in the Holy Land. And our subject is peace, <laughs> something being talked about day after day, year after year, decade after decade in our time, peace in the Holy Land. Scripture indicates that it's hard to come by. First uh, Thessalonians 5, for example, that when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. I mentioned Campus Crusade earlier. They really were responsible for my salvation. They used to tell a story of, you know, when you're driving along a road, and it's for everybody, you see a hitchhiker. Most people ignore the hitchhiker. Some people see that it's Jesus. He's standing by the road. They pass him by. Still another group thinks it's an interesting looking man, or, or that is Jesus Christ, or my goodness, I'd love to meet him, and they pull over, and they, he gets in the car. And then they drive, and they talk to him, and they listen to him. Maybe they're saved, and, and so on. Still not the best way. Best way is pull over, get out, let him drive. <laughs> And then you go straight to the kingdom. You know, I knew as a child I wanted to go to Israel. And I knew I would go one time. And I am approaching my 30th trip to Israel. Oh, yes. God has blessed me in ways that only you know. And I read the Bible, and I, I'm from Texas. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm thinking Israel is huge. And it's not. It's this little piece of land. But everywhere you go, there is something that says, Messiah was here, Messiah lived here, Messiah walked here, Messiah talked here and taught. You know, back in the 80s, I had a bypass operation. It's ironic, I had a bypass operation this past year too, and now lung cancer. I had a tough year, but when that first one happened, I started to get real chest pain afterward. And that was pretty scary. And uh, <clears throat> I thought, well, didn't work out, and it's not going to work out, and uh, thought I would go to heaven right then. And by the way, uh, this faith sustains you through anything. It's fine with me to go to heaven. And I was ready then. And I sat at the piano one night, and I wrote uh, a song called, Father, I'm Coming Home. And uh, 
it's really kind of emotional, but it's, it's 25 years later, I suppose. It's still a good song. People still listen to it. Let me play it for you now. As you know, Zola went on to be with the Lord April the 19th. He prepared us also. I think God prepares us every single day of our lives to do what He wants us to do. I'm here with Dr. Jeffrey Seif today. I thank you for coming and talking with us. It's a pleasure to be here, albeit under trying circumstances for everyone. You know, we were talking before we got going. People love to hear how Jewish people were saved. How were you saved? Tell me how how that all worked. It was during the early 70s initially yep. when I had made a decision. Some fellow with long hair came up and started talking to me about Jesus and I was into getting high and, you know, rebelling yep. and, you know, girls and rock and roll and all the rest, but I was really very empty inside and, and he really pressed me and I made a decision for the Lord. But then I went on for a while and, and backslid away from it all and Shoes for Jesus really picked me up off the pavement. You know, I'm 25, 26, I was living in a YMCA and Wow. in urban Chicago. I'd never gone to college. I flunked out of high school and I was attending a... A, a Jewish guy flunking out of high school? Yeah, I was just How high all happen? the time. I wasn't in really good shape. And, uh, you know, this Dr. Seif, but for the grace of God, the God's honest truth. Absolutely. I went to... Absolutely. When, when I felt a call of God in my life and I received it when I was participating in the Jews for Jesus ministry in yeah. Chicago, yeah. truth be known, um, when I went to go to Bible college, they took me on academic probation because my grades were so bad. They were all D's and F's and everything. But what happened is the Lord called me and uh, I, I got into it, rolled up my sleeves and just had a love for the word and a love for the ministry. And I felt called and I pursued yeah. it and wound up finishing with a master's and a doctorate at Southern Methodist University here. I'm just glad the Lord called me into the ministry. What a pleasure it is to be here in the Holy Land to tell the greatest story ever told. We're going to go back in time to the 8th century B.C. and look at the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. We're going to put a number of questions to the text. We want to know, did this prophet speak about the Mashiach, about the Messiah? Now, I want you to hear me for a second. We live in precarious times. And I'm not just speaking about world culture and individual nation states. The world is a very precarious place and, and various nations are in the throes of despair in so many ways. When I think of, of household units that are basic building blocks of any society, just like there's pillars here holding up this house, so too the family is a basic building block. The family is being assailed. There are challenges today. Well, who is or isn't president isn't as important. What social programs are on the table isn't as important. What's important is that we, like David, rise up with faith, because I believe that faith can and will pay dividends. Faith in Jesus, Israel's Messiah. 
We've spent some time looking at yesterday. I don't know about you, I have photo albums all over my house. I like to look back at yesteryear to see the way we were. The reason why we're doing it here, however, is a little different. It's not just a case of nostalgia. I wanted to look back at the past because I want to look forward to the future. I think all of us should be concerned with the future because we're all going to spend the rest of our time in it. And I hope you won't think the less of me for saying that after 10 years as the principal teacher in this ministry, I am opting out of the future to a certain extent to take much more of a backseat in different ways as a consultant and the like. But I want to here now introduce you to the future. As we open up here a little bit, you'll see some new faces on this set. And with Joshua and Caleb, I don't just want you to like them, I want you to love them. Great people, younger people, good heart, good head. With the names Joshua and Caleb, these aren't stage names, by the way, they come by way of mom and dad. And inasmuch as Joshua and Caleb looked into the promised land and carved out a path for the future, well, Joshua and Caleb are leading us into a new generation as well. So glad that you're here, guys. Thank you, Jeff. I we appreciate are so it. So honored to be here, Jeff. Yeah, it's like, wow, you know, it's, I've been following you uh, behind the scenes for years. And we've been sitting at your feet for 10 years, listening, soaking up your wisdom. It's been awesome. It's yeah, been amazing. Well, you've got a lot going for you, independent of me. And you've been on screen, too. Yeah. Some friends might recognize you in the Paul series. You play ball. Right. And uh, you've been around, too, on a number of occasions. I got to play Samson. I mean, if you had to choose Paul or Samson, I think he got the better character. But it was fun, nonetheless. Well, you, you got the better build for Samson. He's, he's, <laughs> he, 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 he's better with Paul. Uh, but never mind the externals, the internals. You guys, you, you love looking at the good news through the eyes of the Jews, and you, you have a real heart for that. And uh, tell us what you're all about, uh, please. We are honored to be here. You know, it was funny, the, the opening of this show, we got to see that episode from 1983. And I actually mm -hmm. lamented that as a child. I missed it because I was at the hospital while he was being born. <laughs> so it was good to finally get to see that episode. We got to grow up watching Zola. Yes. Um, we are blessed that we were raised in a Jewish family that believed yeah. in Messiah Yeshua from the very beginning. That's so right. we didn't have to go through transitions that you see other individuals go through in that process of, of learning mm -hmm. later in life. And so our entire lives, we we were raised to believe in him. Um, our godparents who were like our grandparents were missionaries. And so our yeah. heart from the beginning has been get out into the mission field mm -hmm. and share the good news of Yeshua. You guys have been blowing it up on social media, haven't you, with the Bible Brothers? Yeah, that was an idea our producer, Ken Berg, uh, five years ago, he said he wanted to get us in front of the camera uh, just because he knew our heart uh, for the Jewish roots and we love to, to just dig into the Word. So he came up with the Bearded Bible Brothers and, and we just, we go where... He came up with that? Uh, everybody, we just kind of came together. He said, you know, where, where do you want to 
you know, where's your heart for this? And we said, no one knows the word anymore. No one really digs into the word of God. And we wanted to make sure that, that people had that same hunger and thirst that we did for the word. And so we wanted to make it fun. And we're used to, you know, joking around and having fun. And actually, uh, as kids, when we were growing up, we would make uh, short films and, and, and videos for our youth group, for our youth pastor to show before his message. And so it was kind of already got it prepared us, you know, to, to just joke around and have fun. And, and we're used to being behind the camera, but this is more of a, you know, in front of the camera situation. Okay, we're talking about change. Let's talk about what's consistent. Yeah. Uh, the same vision looking at the good news through the eyes of the Jews, right. correct? Yes, sir. Now, you'll be on camera in Israel. We're going to the same land. Same land. Uh, you'll be opening up a Bible. We're going to the same book. That's right. Difference is, is that I'm kind of like the eccentric professor. We need to open up the windows and let some fresh air blow. Welcome to the fresh air uh, with your energies. We're hoping that uh, and praying, uh -huh. believing that we'll not only carry on in helping to educate the folk that have been with us, That's but true. we want to find new friends in the younger generation. Yes? yes. I think it's too easy to overlook the concept that for generations of, of mentoring, of looking to uh, wisdom and and sitting under wisdom for years to be able to prepare yourself for then it to be your turn mm. and we've been blessed to be able to sit under you to sit under Zola for all these years yeah. and the time comes because the father dictates it but it's only to share the same message that he shared through everyone else before us and so that's why we're right under. and to that point people need to sit under you that can relate to you mm. younger people look at me as grandfatherly like <laughs> uh, you're young enough to be a mentor you know, uh, and old enough to have something to say. Well, we, we want to. That's really where our heart is to reach the younger audience. Uh, and we know we already have the older audience. We know they're going to be behind the ministry no matter what. But uh, we kind of have an ADD, younger generation. They're used to their phones. They, they don't even tune into the TV anymore. They're used to social media. And, and we have kids in that age, and we know, oh, how can we reach those kids? And that flip through after they're watching 30 seconds at a time, and it, it has to grab them immediately, you know, we have to, but it's still the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's still the presence of God that has to pull them in. And that's only if we're obedient to the message. There and that's go. why we're going to maintain that message of the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, of uh, uh, preaching about prophecy. Yeshua is coming soon. And it's all centered around Israel. Our heart's still for Israel and the Jewish people. And we're going to be preaching that message to the Jew first, but also to the Gentile. Okay. Well, one question before we pivot out of this segment. <laughs> Do you think you can get used to these two? <laughs> <laughs> to look at these two? They're like, my boys, my boys. You, you guys are, I'll take the mama, Ema. I'm Ema. Hey, look at you. I'm, I'm feeling the passion from these guys. I'm so excited. We've learned so much from you, yes. mm -hmm. and we're going to continue that learning from you guys. We're the students, and I, we know you have so much to share with all, all of the viewers mm. and with us. Two new voices, same vision, same yes. heartbeat. We will continue on, and... Uh, we love you. You're sweet. I like when you said, talked about the grandpa. I'll call you grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, more to come in this program and in this ministry. Stay with. It's so wonderful to see so many believers around the world, Gentile believers, right. beginning to yes, start yes. to understand the Jewishness of the feast and their relationship to yeah. their Hebrew roots. And Zola was a forerunner. He was, he really was one was a of a kind. I will, he and Moish, you know, I read one of the obituaries yep. when Moish died. And it said, the two great men are gone. Yeah. And I thought that was a real testimony to both of them. Just 
They did. They both thought they Pioneers. were the only Jewish people <laughs> in the entire world. And they, they affected it. I think every, every Jewish believer that's alive today yeah. has been touched by Zola and Moish. Yeah. God is, you know, we're talking about seasons. You know, God raises up people for a season. It just some people have a little longer season than others. Just as the story began with exile from Bethlehem, here we are back in Bethlehem, near Manger Square, in the shepherd's field, where the story began and where the story will unfold when Yeshua will be born some years later. What an incredible time. We're here, it's a windy day, and I feel the wind of the Spirit blowing through the Middle East today. In spite of fences, in spite of the difficulty politically, we see that the story of Ruth is the story for the future for all believers, Jew and Gentile alike. The waters of the Haifa Bay are really a perfect backdrop for the story of two kings in the Bible who demonstrate the amazing relationship to which God has called us as Jews and Gentiles. When I discovered this story, I was, I was really uh, quite astounded to find the degree of cooperation that existed between King Solomon and King Hiram. As a matter of fact, it was right along this bay, these waters are where Hiram brought cedar trees from Lebanon all the way to Jerusalem to help build the temple. In Romans 11 and Ephesians 2, we see the Gentiles who believe in Messiah Jesus are grafted in to many of the covenant promises given to Israel and become, in Ephesians 2, part of the commonwealth of Israel. That's the new covenant is made with the Jewish people and with any Gentile in the world who will put their faith in the Lamb of God, Messiah Yeshua, and who will be grafted into their promises. It's tragic. Sin made its entrance onto the stage of that drama, and they were kicked out of Eden, and they made their way east. When we walk through the biblical text not long after, we run, in, we run into an individual named Avram who feels a, an urge, a beckoning, to make his way back to this land, Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan. Could it be that this land of promise, this land that's the holy land, this land where God would make his name to dwell, could this be that special place where God dwelt and walked among men in the beginning of the biblical drama? The answer is yes. But it's important the miracle that is you. I want you to know that because he lives, and if he lives in you, if the Ruach Elohim, if the Spirit of God is in you and dwells in you, that the prospects for your life are immeasurable. It's not even a question of where he found you initially or where you find yourself right now, but there's great prospects for the future for someone that can take choshech, darkness, and bring forth life. That's the Genesis story at the beginning of the Older Testament, and that's the story here in the beginning of the New, that God is in the miracle business, and he transforms people like me and like you. Kirsten and I have had such an amazing time at this table for the last five years with you, Dr. Seif. It's over for us at this table, but I think you're still going to be seen for a little bit, correct? I've been in and around this ministry for years and years. 
And like a bad dream, I probably am not going to go away entirely. Good. I think it's a good dream. Yeah. And frankly, by the way, uh, beyond just the professional banter, uh, I've just come to enjoy you personally, quite frankly. Uh, I'm at a stage in my life I really only want to work with friends. And with Ken Berg and the crew and these guys, I've known them for years. And I've gotten to know you recently. And you guys are just the best. Well, thank you. It's, it's family. Yeah. And you both have been family with this ministry for years. People are just starting to see you now on camera. And But you've been, been doing Bearded Bible Brothers. People have seen you. Right. I, I just want you both to know, as a person that edits the Levitt Letter and Personal Letter, people love you. Oh. So welcome to this side of the camera. You've been there. And you're going to be around. I think you have a new title, right? Is it... Is it a theological consultant? Those are Ooh. big words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always around if these guys ever want to pick up a phone and for the, the, the ministry as well. You know, I am an academic to be sure. In fact, I'm leaving here and, you know, I'm working on a PhD at Cambridge University. It'll be my third doctorate. Guys like me can live in different worlds and uh, these guys are no dummies. Uh, but you want the energy and the enthusiasm that, that you don't necessarily get with an older kind of eccentric philosopher kind of guy. And, and uh, so I look forward uh, to the imprint that these guys are going to make uh, in the younger generation. And, and by the way, everyone who's watching, if you have any maturity under your belt, you know at the end of the day, people at my age with these hearing aids... Uh, people at my age need to think forward to the younger generation. Um, the past, these guys are the future. I beg you, don't just accept them. Embrace them personally. Be mature and understand that's the way the game of life is played. I must decrease, they must increase. That's the way it is. You're leaving us with a gift of two more series. Joshua starts next week and also Dateline Jerusalem. That's a brand new program that you just taped and we all get to once again learn from you and your wisdom. So thank you for that. Well, you're kind. We have stuff in the mix and there's always reruns after that. And I'll show up on film every now and again. I'll be in short order at Cambridge and I've been asked if I can do a little clip or two from the dorm there. It ain't the studio. <laughs> uh, and there I'm not the professor teacher, I'm the student, but uh, you'll be hearing from me. Yeah, Good. and we're thankful for that. Yes. Yeah. You, Jeff, words cannot express how much of an honor it is to have served under you. You've been a blessing to us, uh, our mentor, and, and we're just excited to have you even involved in whatever capacity you can moving forward. Well, thank you. And speaking of words and blessings and moving forward, we got to move forward and get out of the program. But I want to bless you with some words Please. as we go. Yes. And, and I mean it sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Lord, we come before you and just ask your blessings on, on Caleb and Joshua and be with them, Father. I pray that uh, you'll continue to use them the way you have in so many ways on so many days. Bless them and their families and bless the world at large through their ministry. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now, speaking of you, we need to do a sha'alu. How about you as we leave? I get to do this? You do it, baby. Oh, as we say every time, but not to let it be any less value. Sha'alu shalom, Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem.
Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store. There you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Zola Levitt Ministries helps us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.